We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the fourth day of January. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Doing well. That's good. Insurance adjuster make it? No, uh, it's a little, there's no official time, so we may, he may not even come today. And it, it also has to cor- uh, correspond with uh, the contractor, I believe, because uh, there's going to be a bit of um, debate on prices and what they will pay for they being the insurance company so we'll see how it goes insurance companies they want to take and take and take and then they don't want to give it back when it's time for it to come due yep exactly so it'll be it sounds like it's going to be a fight to get uh the floors replaced but according to the contractor typically uh they replace all the floor uh when it's uh you know one flooring type so we'll see how it goes big doings up on the hill today unfortunately i have some bad news for you uh the january 6th committee has been shut down um that's that's a shame you hate to see it don't you uh, maybe the republicans will, will pick it up and uh look at <laughs> uh you know all that information there that was right involved maybe maybe sure. we'll get to know what's uh yeah. what agency was involved uh you know maybe they can't the answer FBI that question. had any they can't answer that question. oh yeah yeah that's right yeah can't can't do that when it's an ongoing investigation you know it interesting uh of note um if you're in front of your boss right and your boss asks you a question of uh did we have any crew there and you say well i i can't answer that um you're fired that should have been what happened right then and there you're you're fired um but you know there was yeah, actually what? no Republicans on that committee, so. Yeah, yeah, there, there was. Well, no, Adam Kinzinger, he was on it. Liz Cheney, she was on it. I mean, Liz Cheney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And CNN yeah. made a glowing statement about Adam Kinzinger today. They said that because of his patriotic service on the January 6th committee, he's now left Congress. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of his patriotic be duty. He left Congress. Did, uh, did he not run again? Were, were the people not happy with him running again? I don't again? think so. I don't think they were happy with Liz mm. Cheney either. Oh, huh. that's that's crazy because, you know, they, they're, they're patriotic duty. I mean, they were being so patriotic and, and hunting down Americans that were parading through the Capitol building. Violent insurrectionists, Bruce. Violent. Yeah, deadly. Yeah. It was the deadliest day that the country's ever seen. The darkest day. It was the day that democracy almost died. Mm-hmm. And out of this new Congress, we get a new Speaker of the House, supposedly. Unfortunately, more bad news. Kevin McCarthy hasn't made it. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's just a shame. It is. You hate to see it. You really do. Mm. Uh, Who was it that I said uh, about two weeks ago? Who was it that I said that you should put in as Speaker of the House? It was Representative Jim Jordan from my state of Ohio. Do you know why I said that? Because I don't think that the FBI has anything on him. That's why I said it. And I think that he would be a fantastic choice. Well, on the House floor, this just happened. For what purpose does the gentleman from Florida rise? To nominate a candidate for Speaker of the House. The gentleman is recognized. 
Well, sometimes we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do. And sometimes we have to do jobs that we are called to do. And so, my colleagues, I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble, perhaps today humble to a fault. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Maybe Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person for Speaker of the House because he wouldn't fight us when we try to get a term limits bill on the floor. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person because he wouldn't fight us when we try to put a balanced budget on the floor and vote for it. And maybe Jim Jordan is the right person because he would endorse the plan that was built by the Texas delegation to finally secure our border. Mr. Jordan said in his nomination that there are certain bills that we have to pass to fix the problem. The challenge is the alternative has been someone voting for the very bills that have caused these problems. Mr. Jordan says that we cannot accept legislation like the omnibus, and I fully agree. And if Jim Jordan were Speaker of the House, if he were the leader of the Republican team, we wouldn't have that circumstance choking the economy of our country, increasing inflation, and diminishing the prospects of a better life for our fellow Americans. And finally, Mr. Jordan said we must engage in rigorous oversight. Every one of my Republican colleagues knows that the person who can lead that oversight effort, who works on it every day, who has the skill and the talent and the will, is Jim Jordan. I'm nominating him, and I'm voting for him. That was Congressman Matt Gates. You know where I stand on Congressman Matt Gates. I don't like him. He looks and sounds like a used car salesman. I wouldn't buy a used car from Congressman Matt Gates, I can assure you. But I don't disagree with him on his nomination. I don't disagree either. That's why I was I was a little confused. Uh, not really confused, I guess. Uh, um, questioning uh, the fact that it was he who nominated him. That is a little bit suspect. A yes, little... I have to. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it, it seemed a little odd. But um, if he were not, if he were truly nominated, like, you know, he, go, he accepts a nomination and they go through and he makes it. That could uh, that could be a great boon uh, for America, not just Republicans, but America as a whole. At the very least, that would uh, put a check on the Senate. At the very least. Bruce, how can you say that we need a check on the Senate? You've got Mitch McConnell over there. You know, he's only making $25 million a year from Chinese port deals. Yeah, Turkey Neck, um, it, it's time for Turkey. him to uh, <laughs> it's, it's time for him to retire. He should have retired I, like 20 years ago. I don't, I don't think he's actually been elected for 20 years. He is... Uh, he's been on this. He's been on the platform for so long. He's been up there for so long that you played a clip of him here. What was it before we stopped, uh, you know, for the holidays? And within two seconds, I knew who it was before even really two seconds. It was like half a second. I knew exactly who it was. I was actually yeah. I thought I had it muted. I was just like it wasn't I didn't even pull it up on the screen. I just had it like pulled off to the side and you just stopped and you said, what's McConnell saying? Yeah. 
that's how long he's been on he's been on tv how long he's been in our faces trying to quote unquote represent the republican party but no he he's not a republican no i don't think it like it, it's honestly trash. the good people of kentucky really you keep voting this guy in did, did you, i mean honestly do you really believe that do we really believe that after the election fraud that we've seen in the last two election cycles really mitch mcconnell i mean i think i think and I'm just, again, pure speculation here. I, I think that we can start to finally see. I mean, if nothing else, the last two election cycles have shown us things that we haven't been able to see before. It's been going on, of course, but we just need to go through the process of uncovering it. All of this stuff has now been brought to the surface. That would shed a lot of light on to a lot of things in a lot of these people that are up there on the Hill showing how they've been able to stay in there time and again when their districts literally go to hell. I, I kind of hope the Republicans get out there and start cheating like the Democrats do, uh, because maybe then uh, we can get some some uh, movement going on on uh, securing our, our whole election system or not, unless the American people are just, you know, they, they don't care, in which case, uh, you know, may the, the best cheater win. I think it's a combination of the two. I think it's you've got the, the large portion of people that just don't care. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you've got people that are and we were talking about that. We were talking about this last night. You've got people that are saying, well, we need to be the bigger person here. We need to be the tolerant ones. We need to be the uh, the kind hearted ones. And oh, I, I love the biblical argument where they say good wins in the end. Well, good wins in the end if good actually does something, in my humble opinion. You can't just sit there and say, well, good wins and then do nothing. Yeah, good wins in the end because it's God that comes down and eradicates all the ones that accepted the mark of the beast. Uh, the great and terrible day of the Lord, the, the last day of uh, the tribulation when Christ returns. Yeah, good wins, technically, yeah, but you yeah, have but, all the hell that happened before then. Like, it doesn't yeah, have to come to that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah the exactly. It doesn't have to come to that. But, and that's that's what the, I mean, I, I don't want to get all theological here, but I mean, that's, that, that's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of the pundits are saying, well, you know, we got to get our spiritual houses in order. And there is no truer statement than that right there. We do have to get our spiritual houses in order. But again, I, I can't, I can't help but think, you know, this um, uh, this idea of this lazy Christian constituency across America and a large portion of the Western world, I might add. I mean, look at what's been done to the churches. Look at the, the wokeness that's uh, gone in and co-opted and taken over the churches. The 501c3 status that these churches are beholden to, it prevents them from actually standing up and and taking a fighting stance for themselves and for their congregation. But when you go through and and you evaluate these things, you evaluate your uh, your spiritual house, people that say, "Well, I'm just going to put it all in God's hands." He requires work on your part. He requires you to actually do things. That's not how this works. Or, or my 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 misunderstanding. He requires action from you. It's not all just put all the faith in the Lord and that's it and I'm just going to go about my business. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, faith requires action. You, you, you believe. And then out of that belief, you step, you, you make a, a move towards that belief. The, the thing is, is it, if you're a Christian and you supposedly have uh, certain beliefs, you, you're supposed to stand on those beliefs. If you look at the Old Testament as an example and look at what the patriarchs did or the prophets or you, you look at what they uh, like someone spoke out against God and like, they would move heaven and earth to prove them wrong. Like, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they did not stand for that kind of stuff. And here we are in this uh, day and age, which 
if you go into Revelation, I think, uh, if I remember right, uh, the, the, in Revelation towards the beginning, it talks about the different churches, right? The, the seven churches. I think it was the church of Laodicea that is the lazy, they're, they're the prosperous ones and basically they're lazy. Um, that's kind of where, where we are. I mean, this is the church of Laodicea, more or less. You're lazy, prosperous, but you're, you're just sitting back doing nothing. You know, as you said, well, you know, it's in God's control. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, oh, it's in yeah, your control. The universe. As you say, faith th- requires action. Exactly. If you look, go back, go back to Genesis, look at what God did when he made Adam and Eve. The first commandment he gave them was be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. He gave us power and dominion over the earth, meaning everything that happens on this earth outside of the natural laws that God put in place outside of that, everything is our doing. It's all in our control at this point. So instead of us sitting around as Christians, um, God, this is the other thing that bugs me. Christians, if you believe that you have uh, the gospel, the the too good to be true news, uh, as it as it were defined back then, it was almost too good to be true news. That's what gospel means. If you possess the gospel, what the hell are you doing just sitting back and being lazy and not and not pushing and trying to uh, better society? better the community even that you're in what what are you doing i'm not disagreeing with you from what i'm about to say but i think okay um how how can i approach this i i left the church when i was uh just over the age of 18 uh and now that doesn't mean i left the faith there there's a difference here i left the church when i was just over 18 the reason i left the church when i was just over 18 is because it became more about money than faith when it became about money and as in how big are we building our churches, as opposed to what the message was, there was no point. And it became that in every other church. And I don't understand why. That Again, that doesn't mean that I abandon the faith. But my, my argument to that is, is this, is you've got people that attend these churches that are expecting the people, the pastor, the priest, the preacher, whatever, you know, whatever your denomination of Christianity, they're expecting a leader to stand up there at the pulpit and talk to them. And there's a lack of leadership in the church. As I said, the churches have been co-opted and taken over in one way or another. And so there's a lack of leadership in the church, and therefore the flock has no gumption to stand up and and take action. So to your... The, so we have slight theological dif- differences when it comes to the whole financial, all yeah, that okay. kind of stuff. I yeah, have a, sure. I have I mean, a higher I, tolerance for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I've told you the kind of church that I, that I attended. Yeah. I mean, it was the, it, it was the whole big, you know, mega church and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong. It was, um, uh, it was a great, great atmosphere and stuff, especially, you know, the youth activities sure. and stuff. It was, it was great, but it got to the point where, you know, you started to get into like the adult services and stuff. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, this is all about money. Everything's about money. You know, I understand churches are like businesses. I get it. But sure. it, it became, I, I was losing the the whole point of, of actually attending and, and furthering my relationship through the teachings of, you know, the pastor and things like that, when it had nothing to do with that. It, at least to me, it didn't seem that way. And a lot of other people as well. Uh, a lot of people left because of that. Yeah. And uh, it, that's, so I have a higher tolerance um, to that than you. However, uh, when you start focusing on just that, it, see, church, and from from my perspective on this, that should be a part of the teaching of the church's finances and that kind of stuff, because you need your your congregants to be prosperous so that you can afford things like the charity work and all of that that the churches should be doing. So I'm all for churches teaching finances and stuff, as long as they don't lose sight of 
the gospel, right? That that's the the main focus. But your congregants should also be good with finances. Uh, the church should also be good with finances uh, as well. So I'm I'm good with that. But the problem is, is as you said, the focus is too much on that, and now it's the the focus is too much about being tolerant and being. You can be tolerant and non accepting at the same time. You can resist. Um, it, for example, uh, the, the, the tranny madness that we're seeing here lately, you can resist that and yet still love the individual. You can resist the action and, and, and still yet. So I, I, I don't understand why I, I do understand why, because it, it's complacency. It's, it's Christians basically being lazy. They don't want to be con- confrontational. They don't want to confront people because, well, it might make it uncomfortable for me. So what? I'm going to use the cliche line that every minister uses when this question comes up. How the hell do you think Christ felt? Do you think he was concerned about confrontation and how uncomfortable it would be for him? Um, He was so concerned about how uh, discomfortable it was for himself that um, he was sweating blood. Uh, He was very aware of the the kind of excruciating pain he was going to go through. And um, yet he still did. So that is supposed to be a lesson for us as Christians that um, a little bit is, a little bit of discomfort comes with the territory. And in fact, uh, the Bible tells us that um, persecution is uh, something we should be thankful for uh, because, you know, Christ was persecuted as well. That means we're on the right track if we're being persecuted. And I'm not seeing much of the persecution of the church right now uh, for them standing against um, it, any of the cultural uh, war stuff. So yeah, they to see a church. Yeah, there you go. We're kind of in that. And I don't know how to wake people up from that. That's, that's the problem is I don't know how to, they become so comfortable and complacent now. And then you tell them, well, you, you, you need to be fighting this and standing up against it. it why? I mean, I, I have a comfortable life. Everything's good. Everything's hunky dory. Okay. I'm paying a little bit more of the gas pump now. Um, and, and I have, uh, you know, transgenders that are reading stories to my kids, but eh, the, the stories are, they're benign. They're not, they're not doing any harm, right. of course, sure. you know, and it's, it, it, the, the, the trannies mean well. You notice you know, they're not just, calling it, yeah. they're not calling it drag queen story time anymore. Now they're just calling it a fashion show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I, I don't know the, the whole, I, I understand why the tribulation has to happen and come because we allowed it. I mean, that that's, this is what baffles me about this. This is, I want Christians, this is, this is what I, I hope for out of Christians. They're standing so strongly against, um, all of this craziness that life is pretty, pretty good. Everything's peaceful. Everything's like, you know, families are, 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 are being raised and you're, you, you have, uh, you know, a mother, father in a home, the kids are being raised well, society's doing well. The nation is doing well. The world is doing well. Everybody's coming up. We're, we're increasing and, and prospering. And then all of a sudden the tribulation happens and all hell breaks loose. I want it to be such a stark difference between the two uh, because the Bible says the restrainer is removed during the tribulation, right? Right as the tribulation happens, right at the beginning, the, re- the restrainer is removed. And it's assumed that it's the Holy Spirit is the restrainer, which means that you would also have Christians removed because Christians can be Christians. I mean, part of being a Christian is you're you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So you would have to be removed out of the way as well, which is part of the reason that they believe the, the rapture happens in the beginning. Anyway, kind of get it out in the weeds. But my point is, I, I want the, the, the difference to be so stark 
that when the restrainer is removed, it's very clear. This it, this should be a witness to the non-believer that life is so great right now because of the Christian community is standing for their principles and everything they believe in and bettering society that when the restrainer is removed, all hell breaks loose and they it, it gives another witness to uh, non-believers. But here we are. The, the craziness is happening still in the middle of, of Christians still being here, the restrainer being here, and everything's still going crazy because Christians aren't resisting. You know how I said I didn't want this to become a theological discussion, and here we are, like 20 yeah. minutes into a theological well, discussion. Uh, it, yeah, I, I can't resist. I cannot resist the temptation. I know, I know. Every time, it. every time you get on one of those tirades that that goes down that that road, I think of that meme I showed you of Christ smoking the cigarette, saying "flooded again." <laughs> every time, yes. <laughs> uh, to be fair, uh, that that actually the the human race is uh, very very blessed that I am not uh, in that kind of a position because I would have said "flooded again." <laughs> flooded again, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we we need a good cleaning out, right? I mean, that's what you do. If you've got a deep laceration, you go waltzing into uh, any emergency yeah. room on the planet. What are they going to do? They're going to flush that thing out to get all the, uh, you know, the, the contaminants and uh, and impurities out of that that cut before you start stitching it up. Actually, uh, to to kind of play on the the you talking about the flood that reminded me of something. Ned had recommended that I watch a documentary here. Um, it was called. Um, Ancient Apocalypse, I think it was. It's on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I don't have Netflix, but I was able to watch you, it nonetheless. You bootlegger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that was actually very entertaining for those that are interested and, and know some of their... Um, so basically, long story short, uh, it was about the flood and how... Uh, there was there was really he's looking for an ancient culture that it previously existed and all this kind of stuff and how they disappeared and blah, blah, blah. But he they kept harping on this idea that every single culture that existed back in, I think it was like uh, 9000 BC or something like that. They all recorded a huge flood that happened at the exact same time globally. All cultures have this same instance. And science says, uh, um, well, that, that's just a myth, myth well, you know, something that was okay, passed how, down and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. How does that play, though? Okay, so that was 9000 BC, obviously, BC before Christ, right? So that was before uh, Christ walked the earth, right? So if we're, if we're judging based on, on historical context like that, okay, let's, let's go to where we are now. We're at 2023 AD, according to the Gregorian calendar. That's where we are. In the Bible, it says that the earth would not be flooded again, at least not all of it, at once. So how does that play mm -hmm. with, uh, with with biblical reference then? Yeah, so um, just won't. you won't see a flood like you won't see a flood like that again, but not like uh, not like Noah's time. Uh, I mean, you may see large floods. You may see like countries underwater um from massive well, flooding you're not going to see the change. entire that's climate yeah <laughs> you're you're not going to see the entire planet flooded over uh, not like it was then the, this is the the thing that i think christians get caught up on they they get caught up on the well you know it was a supernatural thing n no not necessarily um when the flood when when god created the, the heavens and the earth everything was already set in motion um, the flood could have been an entirely natural occurrence in the sense of you, you have the mechanism of like an asteroid hit or something like that and cause the flood doesn't matter the mode or the method that was used um, because God uses natural occurrences all the time. It's just 
he's set it up beforehand. Like it, it's already been predestined, if you will. I hate that term, but predestined. It's already been uh, set up, aligned, calculated. It's already there. So uh, don't get caught up on the how uh, necessarily. If the listener is wondering what kind of conversations we have behind the scenes, this is it. This is not usually a conversation that we yep. have on a uh, on a podcast. So you're uh, true. You're getting a special treat today. <laughs> All right. So let's. I tell you what. Let's let's step away <laughs> from that. Day. Yeah, it is a slow news day. Let's, uh, you know, something though, we could, we could have conversations like that all the time. I, I love having those conversations. So let's get back into, uh, into the, uh, the news cycle. So last night, Monday night foot, was it Monday night football? Two, yeah, mo- Monday night, no, Tuesday night football. I don't know. They're doing games every day of the week now. I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, Monday night, fo- I'm sorry, not last night, night before last, Monday night football, uh, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. How old was he? He was like 25, wasn't was he? he like tw- no, he was 24. He was 24. This is what happened on the field on live television. And that is DeMar Hamlin, a big piece of this defense for Sean McDermott. Back after this. Well, you can see that the ambulance is out there on the field and they are intensely working on DeMar Hamlin. There's just nothing to say right now. We'll take another break and come back. Welcome back to to Cincinnati, where medical personnel have been working on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, for the last nine minutes. Hamlin made a hit. He got up, took a couple of steps, and then just fell to the ground. We don't know, of course, the extent of his injuries, but the entire Bill's team is out on the field right now. Several players are down on their knees. Other players are holding hands, praying. You can just see the worried looks uh, on their faces. As soon as we have more, uh, Joe, we'll pass it on up to you guys in the booth. They don't know the extent of his injuries. Bruce, did you see the hit? Here's the hit. Hmm. That's uh, not what any of us want to see, and everybody's around him, and just hope that he's going to be okay. So we'll take another break here in Cincinnati. So uh, none of this is is happening. Uh, they they hit him with a defibrillator and they worked on him for over ten minutes, giving him CPR. He is currently at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center in critical condition after two cardiac events. That didn't look like. Um... The hit he took did not look like um, anything special. I mean, that's a pretty normal. That's him right there, number three. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty normal tackle. Nothing. I mean, I've seen some players take some hits. I've seen players take some hits and I see them get back up. And yeah, maybe they've been shaking a couple of times here and there. But that was by by American football standards. That was a love tap. Mm. Yeah. By yeah. By American football standards. That was yeah, that was that was really not. That hard of a hit. Um, I mean, it was a hard hit, but not. It, well, yeah, but not, not for these anything, guys. They're built to take yeah, these not hits. For these guys. That's yeah. It, 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 that that kind of a hit was. Um, I've seen much harder hits, and the the thing is, is it wasn't like he was uh, running like 50, 60 yards or something like that. No, and he was that a was just like he's designed to make yeah. those tackles. Yeah. Um. So no, it did not look like he was. You know out of breath and really huffing and puffing and then just keeled over. But then again, I've seen, I've seen tackles that were, uh, the, the dude was running 50, you know, 60 yards before he makes the tackle and he makes a tackle, uh, and they get up and, uh, you know, nobody collapses and passes out or dies on the field or any of that kind of stuff that we've seen in recent time. This is, this is a completely new phenomenon. As far as I'm aware, any, in any, any injury I remember seeing, was something like somebody's knee was blown out or, you know, uh, something uh, like some kind of impact damage 
I've rarely, rarely seen anything like this uh, to where it was a heart condition. In fact, I would wager if uh, if you're a football guru, you could probably count the number of times someone's had a heart attack on the field because it's so rare. You, you probably can count the number of times. Like I said, I don't recall this ever happening. And no. I'm not a huge football fan, but I have family members that are, and it would have come up and in conversation at some point. And this mimics what we've seen across Europe with the European footballers is exactly that, is they all go down about the same way. The basketball players, same thing. They, when they go down on the court, they all go down about the same way. He went down like that. I mean, straight down. And that was it. Now, remember, yeah. the NFL had a vaccine requirement. All of their players had to take it in order to compete. And of course, the team doctor is out first thing today and says, one thing's absolutely certain, this had nothing to do with the COVID vaccine. Okay, give me the proof. Give me the evidence that shows that he already had a heart condition and this was something that was a risk at all all along. Was he on drugs? Was there some kind of drug in his system? Was he on coke or something? I mean, give us some kind of proof and evidence to support your statement. Because you two immediately rule out something like this, um, that is not the scientific method at all. Um, you're supposed to look and observe at the data and then um, find the pattern and then figure out what happened. Uh, unfortunately, uh, coming out and saying, oh, no, it wasn't the vaccine, that completely destroys any kind of um, scientific uh, process to figure out what it is. Last night, having a conversation on the uh, on the platform of Twitter. What's the the conference feature that they have? What's that called? Is it Spaces uh, or something? Uh, I, I I don't know their okay. uh, conference. Well, whatever it is, I'm not sure. um, Doctor Anish uh, Koka, he's a cardiologist, was speaking on the matter. This is what he had to say. You know, there's a lot of work going on right now that requires him to stay intubated um, in order to kind of keep keep everything calm, so you can quickly figure out what you have to do before because it doesn't make a huge amount of sense unless he suffered some some head injury and you know it wasn't so dr coca i just want to push back a little bit on what you're saying if yeah. he's intubated sedated in the icu and critically ill yeah we see a lot of patients who are critically ill who uh, do undergo cardiac arrest no, no, right? but, would you disagree with that dr goo i mean I, I again from from a wealth of experience in the ccu for a decade i mean again these are out of hospital cardiac arrests well, yeah, by the way, they, they come in, right? If, if their initial result is gone, it is it is very rare for them to have recurrent effects, especially if it's commotio. So it's not that, yes, of course, patients that are critically at 85-year-old patients with pneumonia who have sepsis, who, yes, of course, those folks <laughs> do have a propensity to have cardiac arrest. Why a 24-year-old otherwise healthy person has commotio, has, 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 has defibrillated, comes to the hospital, it is not typical for that person to then have cardiac arrest again, all right? Uh, I mean, it, 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 not that it's impossible, but it's it's unlikely. So went into cardiac arrest twice, once on the field, and then they hit him again, went into cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital, going into the hospital. Yeah, as he said, that's pretty rare for Very a 24-year-old. Healthy 24-year-old with no conditions whatsoever. Of course, if you've got somebody that's of older age up in their 80s, yeah, you might see something like that if it's an out-of-hospital event, as he said. But twice... In yeah. uh, within within uh, the time period from getting rushed to the hospital for a or if they had if they had a pre existing condition if they had some other kind of you know like okay. a birth right. defect or something like that okay. but Here's they the wouldn't have been in the NFL to begin exactly. with exactly yes that's exactly the point I was going to make I have worked with some former NFL players before 
And I can tell you for an absolute fact, these guys, when they go to that league, when you're playing, when you're competing at that national professional level, you have got to be in the best shape of your life. They will not take you if you are out of shape, if you've got any kind of pre-existing condition. They will not take you. It won't happen because you're signing an athlete that is worth millions of dollars to your franchise. They have got to be in the best shape because as the franchise owner, you want to win games, right? Because that's how you're going to get asses in those seats. That's how you're going to sell tickets. That's how you're going to sell beer and advertising, right? So you've got to have a winning team and to do that, you've got to have winning players. And to have winning players, you've got to have them in the best shape possible. So you're not going to have people that are not in good health or have pre-existing cardiac conditions before you sign them. And more than that, the sponsorships are not going to invest with your franchise organization like Budweiser and, and McDonald's and Coca-Cola and all the rest of those poison factories. They're not going to invest in your franchise if you got players dying on the field. It's not going to happen. Oh, but let's take a look. Do you remember the announcer? How was how he was saying? Oh, yeah. Well, there's not much to say here. There's not much to see here. Uh, yeah, there's loads that you can see, and there's loads that you can say about what's going on on that field. All the teams out there down there taking a knee. But instead, what do they do? We're going to take a commercial break. That's prime time on Monday Night Football in America. Do you know how much money? You have to pay as a sponsor to run a 30-second ad on primetime Monday Night Football in America. It's $1 million for a 30-second ad. And how much revenue did the NFL make while Hamlin's out there dying? That's disgusting. That is disgusting. While at the same time, you've got that, that sellout scumbag team doctor who comes out and says, there definitely wasn't that. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. We're, we're cheering for this. This is what we cheer for. This is what we've become in America. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that this is what we've come to. And I mean, you can piggyback this on, on along with the uh, the Christian thing, the do nothing Christians. If we took even a tenth, a tenth of that energy that these buffoons put into football and put that towards actual positive change in the American way of life, you have no idea what could be accomplished. Instead, we have to watch this, that poor man out there on the field dying. And then, as you said, covering it up with commercials. <laughs> and they're making money from it. And they're making money from it. Millions this of is, dollars. Uh, this is like a dystopian. Th this is like a, a like a subplot in a dystopian uh, uh, universe or something, you know, like kind of like a it, just to kind of hammer in how dystopian this world is and how corrupt the corporations and everything and the, the whole business apparatus is. Uh, this would be like a subplot or like a. Uh, you know, a small story or something that's inside the, the the movie. But as you said, yeah, this is this is something that could be tied into the complacency of Christians uh, and and not willing to stand up. You know, it, it not even necessarily Christians. If the average American, if the average person would have stood up against the COVID um, fascism and that that whole uh, COVID stand, whatever you want to call it, uh, system that they they try to enact and then. Uh, uh, didn't take the jab, you know, if largely Americans said, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, this is an experimental drug, not happening. Then we wouldn't be in this scenario. Our current generation and generations after us would be in a much better place. But now uh, we're finding that all the research is showing that um, not only did you probably um, not necessarily sterilize yourself, but uh, severely reduce your reproductive capabilities. And then on top of that, 
the kind of birth defects that are going to follow, um, we're not entirely sure the ramifications. And then if you've taken multiple jabs, uh, your immune system has been uh, lowered. It has been um, basically there was a whole research. There's a bunch of research papers on this. And to put it in basic terms, the antibodies that are being produced are the wrong antibodies. And um, it's so th there's three major types. Um, uh, IgG1, IgG3 and IgG4. Um, uh, we're going to get into uh, that in more detail on the weekend with Ned. OK, so. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, but yeah, we're going to just, just kind of tease it. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of throw that out there because that is important stuff that, that you found. Yeah. So we're going to have to go through that uh, and we need more time than what we've got today. So you can kind of, you know, give a little summary of it. But we've got that coming up later in the week. Yeah. So uh, summary of it, it's producing the wrong antibodies and uh, it's making your immune system basically tolerate, uh, ignore uh, COVID being in your system and, uh, or well, specifically the spike protein involved with the vaccine, but that's having a secondary effect as it's also interpreting the virus as the same, uh, because of the, um, similarities and everything. Your body is basically, uh, it, it, it's bad. It, it's basically weakening your immune system and, and, um, uh, summary. And we don't know long term what that's going to do. We don't know how long it stays in your system. Um, it's just bad. I, I, I just, I'm really disappointed that uh, more people didn't resist to this. Uh, supposedly something like 5.5 billion people in the world took this jab and we're seeing an uptick in things like this that we were just talking about with uh, cardiac arrest or um, myocarditis. Uh, there was another uh, ex-football player with the Jaguars that died from myocarditis. I think it was 38. Yeah, 38 years old. Yeah. Thirty-eight years old in his uh, in a bedroom. Yep. Um, so, <sighs> cancers. That was the other thing I was going to bring up. Cancers are up. It, it's not looking good. Uh, it, but the elite are all telling us it's not. It has nothing to do with the the vaccine. Uh, it's not related. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got a bridge I want to sell you. You got anything else today? No, that that pretty much covers most of it. We're going to go ahead and kick out of here a few minutes early. Again, slow news day today, but we've got some other things going on that are uh, that are hindering our ability to continue further. So uh, we are going to have to call this one done, but we will be back tomorrow. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know, someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We'd appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.